O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. May the grace, mercy, and peace of the word made flesh fill us with the assurance that God is with us today and forever. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, of all the places that you could be this morning, you're here. You've returned to the manger. After an evening of getting your full of silent night and joy to the world, you've returned to hear the great and mighty wonder of God's great news. The word became flesh. The light of life has pierced the darkness of death. The creator has entered his creation as creature. The perfect and sinless one has come to redeem a sinful world. The truth has come to set straight a world full of lies. The grace of God has appeared and we, as we heard last night, is wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. And unfortunately, most of the world yawns. Yeah, we've heard the story before. It's the same thing every year. And others who do not yawn actually rage against this story as a threat to them and the way they want to live their life. The truth is not always welcome. The darkness hides what we do not want others to see in us. And then some think this is all just religious silliness. After all, a world that's evolved doesn't have a creator that can become a creature. And men that are evolving are making everything better and advancing anyway, so who needs God? But know this too. Those thoughts don't just come from outside the church. They can slither into the church and creep into our minds as well. And before we know it or realize it, it can make its home there. And so we need to be on guard. For we too have heard this story many times, perhaps sometimes even take it for granted, passing by and over the words without really thinking about them much at all. There is darkness and sin in us that we don't want others to see or know about. And some we don't even want to repent of, or maybe are afraid to repent of. It's tempting to deny the truth, to keep what we want to be true, to hold on to what we love or think we love. And while we may not think the word of God is silly, do we maybe act that way at times? Do we make it the priority that it really should be in our lives? Or do we just fit God's word in when we can, thinking we're doing pretty good on our own, focused more on what we can do rather than what God can and is doing? But Christmas, if we take it seriously, and by returning to the manger this morning, I pray you do, shatters all that thinking and sets us straight again. The word became flesh because there was simply no other way for us to live. For those who turn away from the light are overcome by darkness. Those who turn away from the truth are consumed by the father of lies. Those who think they need no redeeming must save themselves. Yet every grave from Adam until today is still full. No one has yet saved themselves. So today, I bring you good news, wonderful news, in fact. And hear it again. 
and let it fill you with a great and mighty wonder, like a child's eyes waking up on Christmas morning and seeing the gifts under the tree. The word became flesh. You know, the world says that the gifts that you get, you get because you deserve them, because you've been good this year. But the gift of Jesus, however, is given to those who don't deserve him, to those who have not been good but have sinned repeatedly, to a world where there is no naughty list and nice list but just sinners. For this world, for you and me, the word became flesh. For those who take the gifts that he has given and either abuse them or throw them away, the word became flesh. For those who deny his word or disregard it, the word became flesh. For those who take him and his mercy and grace for granted, the word became flesh. Jesus did not turn his back. He didn't give up. He didn't take back his promise. Today he comes for you. For one and one reason alone. Because he loves you. He loves you and he always will love you. Unless you understand that, unless you realize your absolute and dire need, you won't get the full wonder of Christmas. You won't hear the wonder that fills the words that we heard today. And you won't really return to the manger. That's the wonder that John is expressing when he says, the word became flesh, the infinite became finite, the uncreated became creature, the all-powerful one became a helpless baby. You realize the glory of God, that he would do this for each and every one of us. The same word of God that, that spoke in the beginning and everything came into being is now in the flesh and speaking to us. The word that spoke and created in speaking is still creating, creating us anew, recreating us. To us who chose death, he is speaking life. To us who chose sin, he's speaking forgiveness. To us who have turned away, he's calling us back. Have you ever gotten a cold shoulder from someone or can't get your phone calls, emails, or texts returned? You know how frustrating that silence can be. But God is not silent. He is speaking. He's speaking to you personally, directly. A word which does what it says. It saves, comforts, forgives blesses, and heals. And Isaiah is marveling at this in our Old Testament text that we heard today as well. The Lord has bared his holy arm. God has rolled up his sleeves and bared his holy arm to get to work. Not against us. Not against us as sinners, but for us and for all people. That all the ends of the earth would see the salvation of our God. And those feet, which bring such good news and peace and joy, are the ones now wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. How beautiful those little feet and hands and head of the infant Jesus, who took on flesh to save us. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, return to the manger with eyes of faith once again and marvel with me. 
Those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb were made so that nails might be driven through them. Those baby feet would one day walk up a dusty trail to be nailed to a cross. That sweet-smelling infant's head was formed so that someday men might force a crown of thorns onto it. That tender body, wrapped neatly in swaddling cloths, would 33 years later be wrapped in strips of burial cloths and laid in a tomb. You see, the word was born to die for each and every one of us and for the world that he loves. He was to pay a debt that he did not owe so that we can enjoy a gift we can never purchase for ourselves. He took upon himself our flesh, our sin, our guilt for something truly amazing a great and mighty wonder that we might become children of God. Jesus did not become the word made flesh to be an inspiration for you or an example for you, but to be your savior, to be your savior from sin, death, and the grave and the power of the devil once and for all. The darkness of sin and death and the grave could not, could not hold Jesus. John says that, that sin, death, and the devil did its worst, raged its hardest, clamped down with all its strength, but could not extinguish the light. And so the word that became flesh and died is not overcome, but overcomes. The word rises to life again. And so John says, writing to people after all this happened, not just reporting history, but reality, saying here, the light is still shining in the darkness. The light continues to shine in the darkness. It didn't just shine in the darkness once and then leave. It's still shining. Still shining for you. The one born for you lives for you and lives in you to wonderfully fill you with his grace and truth, to fill you with himself, to fill you with his life, to fill you with his forgiveness fill you with his spirit, fill you with his body and blood. And he does. He does. For no longer is he born in a stable, but born in us through water and his word. No longer is he wrapped in swaddling cloths, but he wraps us in his forgiveness. No longer is he laid in a manger, but in our mouths. The bread and wine now his poor and humble manger as we come and feed on him. And so he who created all things is still creating, creating in us clean hearts, giving us hope, providing us with a life that will never end. And with such gifts, these amazing Christmas gifts, we can now repent and truly rejoice but more than that, we can also give these gifts to others. Grace and truth filling us to overflowing, overflowing out to others. God using us as a blessing, as a gift to others. Not only saving sinners like each of us with this good news, but using us to share that truth and to share that blessing with others. Which is truly adding wonder upon wonder, isn't it? And that wonder starts today as we return to the manger and see the face of a child, the face of God, the face of our Savior. You know, there are many times in life where we maybe feel alone, 
circumstances can feel overwhelming, perhaps even appearing to be insurmountable. We may question whether God is present or if he's just walked away and left us to struggle on our own. But we return to the manger and we see the same God who took on flesh to dwell among us is the same Savior who promises, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so marvel again today at his birth. Not so much how it took place, but that it did. That God did this. That he did this for you. The word became flesh. Oh, come, let us not only adore him, but worship him by receiving his gifts. And then marvel again at the wonders of his love. Amen.